0: Well, everybody ready for some word here today? Yeah. Praise God. Let's, let's, uh, let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and let's pray as well uh, before we get into this. Now, Father, we're so thankful for you, for your very presence, for your mighty power, your amazing grace. Thank you for working in us today, preparing and equipping our hearts for the days to come. Thank you that the future is bright for all those who who walk with you, for all those who are in Christ. Lord, that's us. Thank you. We have an expectation of greater things to come. But our hearts are being equipped and prepared today for whatever may come our way, that we may stand strong even in the day of trial, even in a day of test. Thank you for, for your spirit upon us. We are so blessed. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and uh, let's read verse 3. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Alright, and so we're talking about, in this series now, if you haven't been with us, this is a series now called Last Day's Survival Guide. Okay, again, we're talking about inward strengthening, inward preparedness, uh, so that we can handle anything that happens externally in the world or even against us personally, because we are not ignorant of the time in which we live. And we know for certain that the Bible tells us that some in the latter days will depart from the faith. And we see here that there will be a falling away, like we explained already, a great revolt people turning around and going the wrong way, uh, and we're making sure that that's not us, okay? And it's easy for us in the midst of everything's fine and we love everyone and everyone loves us and everything's just smooth sailing. It's easy to make statements. It's easy to feel secure, okay? But what if something doesn't go your way? What if someone doesn't like you or what you have to say? And, and, and you know, and what's happening in the world today is, is people get pretty extreme with that kind of stuff. And it's even come to America now where people want to cut your head off for certain reasons. And, and, and so what about these things? Well, I, I want to make sure that, that I'm not tripped up, that I stumble in the midst of bad stuff happening in the world today, uh, that I'm ready to go. All right. Everybody want to be ready to go. And so I want to continue talking about uh, about some of these things. Um, And, you know, I kind of finished last week, at least in this service, they weren't the same uh, in in talking along these lines. I, I I realize that intelligent people who know the truth do not just turn away from the Lord on a whim. I don't think that the vast majority of us in here are going to wake up one day and, you know what, I'm done with Jesus. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? How many know people usually don't make seriously wrong decisions, major wrong turns in their life quickly, just on a whim? You know, they were going strong, full force ahead, and one day they just turned aside. You know what I'm talking about? How many know a, a, a couple who who gets uh, who separates, who gets divorced, or if there's a unfaithfulness in a relationship? How many know that didn't happen overnight? Every they weren't they weren't uh, going on all cylinders, and you know, just loving life and loving each other and having a great. And one day they woke up and said, "Nah, I'm done with this." How many know that's been brewing for a while? Yeah, yeah. And, and when it comes to uh, an individual that may fall away from their relationship with God, from their walk with the Lord, walking closely with Him. I don't think that happens overnight. I think, I think the individual who is in a perpetual pattern of walking with the Lord, having fellowship with Him, uh, hiding His Word in their heart, that no matter what happens around them or what others do to them, when they are in that place, they bounce back. You know, almost like the old uh, Weebles Wobbles. You know, it's an old toy. uh, Looked like an egg. I think I shared this with you before for some of you who are too young to understand this. uh, But it's a little toy that's weighted in the bottom and you push it back and it comes up. Right? Boing. And it's always smiling. (laughs) There's something about those who have been established... And are settled inside that no matter what on the outside may push them down or knock them over. They always seem to bounce right back. Okay. But if we're not uh, taking care of business, if you will. If we're not keeping our heart in the right place and staying full of the spirit and the word and doing these things. When something knocks us down, we don't have that weight, that anchor in our soul that keeps us in that place. And this is what we've got to make sure is is a, a consistency in us. And so usually when someone falls away, there's a reason in their own mind why they did it. There's a justification. There's something that happened to them and they, they feel like they made the right decision and someone else was wrong. Well, I'm out of here because I'm doing this because, and again, they've come up with a reason why what they're doing is the right decision. When amazingly, all those around them that love them and care about them are pulling their hair out thinking, what in the world are you thinking? Have you lost your noodles? <laughs> uh, Marbles? Noodles. Anyway, uh, what is going on here? How can you think this way? What What is happening? And and, and I want to get into this later on, uh, not today, but deception is a very powerful thing. It, 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 there's a reason it's called deception because people believe the wrong thing and think it's right, but we've got to avoid this so we don't go the wrong direction. It's interesting though, often when that happens and individuals have a, a sound reason for departing that everyone else around them there can they continue on everyone else that was wrong everyone else that was they're continuing on with the Lord continuing to live in the blessing of God and it's always the others who are wrong but they're the ones who are are without is there ever a good reason for you to depart from the faith <laughs> there really is never a good reason so why would someone do it in their mind there is a good reason in their mind, this is the right decision. And, uh, you know, there, there are lies of the enemy. He, he, he whispers little lies, little thoughts that come. And, uh, you know, they're all hypocrites. You deserve better. You don't need them. You don't need to be around those people to be a good Christian. And little subtle lies come and people start entertaining them. They start meditating on these thoughts and thinking about it. And before you know it, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and and they start buying into things that really lead them away. Turn with me, if you would, to, to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. If you're new here and you don't yet carry a Bible, or a, even if it's electronic, I encourage you to do so. I saw, I saw a picture of a... Uh, a church meeting recently on the internet and it was a picture like from while the pastor was speaking it would be like from the back and it was kind of showing people and the image was uh, everyone was just kind of kicked back, coffee in hand no Bible it totally looked like they were watching a movie and uh, and I'm not opposed to someone having I'm going to have a coffee or whatever you know but my, my imagery of that, I thought, e I I actually don't pay that close of attention when I'm preaching <laughs> to what people look like. I thought, that looks horrible. I thought, those people aren't, this is my thought, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I thought, those people aren't serious about God. All they're doing is come and doing their thing. Yeah, listen to this preacher guy for a little bit and then we're out of here and off to off to, to doing our stuff. I would encourage you. This is true in all of history. It's especially true now. We've got to get serious about the things of God. I mean, this needs to be such a high priority when we're getting it. I mean, we're doing business together. We're having church together. This is a big deal to the Lord. And, uh, and anyway, anyway, that was bonus material. <laughs> Throw it out if you need to, I guess. Maybe not. In Matthew 24, if you know the scripture, Jesus here was teaching about the end times in response to the. Disciples question, but I want to pick up here in verse 9, Matthew 24 and 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Okay, now uh, I, I know he's talking to the disciples here. He's talking to Jews, but he is talking about being delivered up for his name's sake. So that's us. That's new covenant right there. Verse 10. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. All right? So what's going to happen? Well, there's going to be some opposition. There's going to be some hate coming our way. And and how are some going to respond? They are going to be offended. I know this is a subject that is you know, somewhat frequently discussed in church circles. I've talked about it before. It was really on my heart to talk about this today and deal with this this very issue about individuals responding to things around them and people around them and being offended because of it, all right? If we allow those feelings, those uh, resentments to take root in our hearts... It is going to lead us out. It is going to lead us away from God's plan for our lives. Never, never, never does anything good come as a result of, of, of harboring anger or unforgiveness or bitterness or offense toward another person or toward the Lord. But these are. this is one of the primary strategies that the enemy uses against the body of Christ. It really is. Now think about it, if, if the devil knows that all he has to do to get you off course is to get someone to treat you wrong or to get someone to do something that you don't like or you don't agree with and, and that's all it takes, you're in trouble. You're totally in trouble because I'm going to promise you, it's coming. Someone is going to do you wrong. And it might be in church. But if that's all it takes, man, give up today. Did I say that? I mean, I don't want you to. But I'm saying we have got to have a resolve inside of us that says we will not be moved by these types of things. But I can see in Scripture that here it comes. And some are going to be offended. Say, well, I wouldn't be offended unless I had good reason. <laughs> there will be good reason. But we're not supposed to be anyway. There's always going to be good reason. There's always going to be a logic to it, a justification. I'm right and someone else is wrong. or these I don't like the way things are being done. Or I, you know, there's always going to be some of that. But I tell you, it's the strategy of the devil to get you off your course, to get you out of God's plan for your life, to to, to make you vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. People have always been offended. Go back through history. But it's interesting to me that this is connected to the end times. What does that say? It must increase. Increase not going away in our day, it's increasing. Usually offense is directed at people, but ends up at God. Usually it starts with, I don't like what this person did, I don't like the way this was handled, but it ends up they're divided and separated and their relationship with God is hindered. And we should know how these things work. Uh, Being offended is something at which people in our country have become experts it's almost used as a badge of honor to declare that someone else offends them. I was, I was reading something a while back, a few months back. Stumbled across this individual who wrote some things about this in a blog. I want to read part of it to you. He's, this person said, I truly believe that we are the most whiny, sensitive, thin-skinned, easily offended society in the history of the world. Got away with words. (laughs) Nobody has been as prolific at getting offended as we are. Nobody cries over insignificant nonsense as loudly and consistently as us. It's the one thing we seem to do better than everyone else on the planet. We corner the offended market, and it's not even close. Modern Americans love to get offended more than we love eating Cinnabon or talking about our fitness goals. If it was an Olympic sport, we'd grab the gold, silver, and bronze every year. If it was a job, we'd all be millionaires. In fact, we have turned it into a job. And the people that do it professionally are millionaires. It is our calling card, our national pastime. It is, it is the battle we fight and the banner we wave. We get offended faster and more efficiently than anyone And it's not just our speed that separates us from the rest, it's our endurance. We have a limitless capacity for offendedness. Every week there are dozens of new national outrages and boycott campaigns and social media crusades to raise awareness of some offensive thing, or to get someone fired or say something for saying some offensive thing, or to teach people that some previously non-offensive thing has now become offensive. Most of all, I find myself positively dazzled by the dexterity and athleticism with which we get offended. We can juggle six or seven outrages all at once and then drop them and pick up new ones in the blink of an eye. Our creativity and meticulousness are are also quite notable here. We can look at any situation and extract hundreds of offensive factors that an untrained eye probably would have overlooked. We conjure up more fabricated outrages and controversies in a month than past civilizations could have mustered in a thousand years. Do you remember what everyone was super worked up up about four weeks ago? Yeah, me neither. That's the point. We move on to the new outrage so quickly the old ones are buried and forgotten. Well, whatever it was way back then, I'm sure it was really bad and we were really upset. It's always something. We have located the fountain of eternal indignation and we drink it by the gallon. Yikes, huh? <laughs> Offended people seldom suffer alone. They usually share their, the offender's words and actions with others giving it feet so someone else can become enraged too. We often refer to this as borrowed offense. What did they do to you? Well, nothing, but they did something to someone I know. And I'm offended at, at that. Here's what I want us to understand. Uh, holding on to offense is not okay. It is absolutely, totally unacceptable to the Lord. And it will eat your lunch... If you're still pondering and meditating on and dreaming about what someone else or a situation you don't like, that, that happened some time ago. We've got to make it in our minds not an acceptable heart condition. All right? I mean, we don't always lose memory of it, but how many know you can have memory of things, but the memory loses its sting because of forgiveness, because of maturity, because of love. All right? Years and years ago, I don't know, 20-some years ago, I read this article about how individuals would capture monkeys in parts of Africa, all right? And uh, apparently just creating the cage, you know, having a cage and, you know, putting some food in there and dropping the cage door wasn't working, all right? The monkeys were too smart and they wouldn't go in the cage. So what they did do is they put some... they had to use the cage... But they put some food inside of the cage that was larger than the space between the bars of the cage. So the monkey could put his hand in, grab the food, and could not get it out. Though the monkey was too intelligent to go in and get trapped, when they did it this way, they had him because he couldn't get away. And they would come up and conk him on the head. Whatever they captured the monkey, and uh, because he, could, he was trapped, he couldn't escape. That is similar to how offense works in believers' lives. We're not going to walk into the trap. We see it for what it is. But when someone or does us wrong, or there's something that happens that we don't like, we grab onto it and. <clears throat> Our refusal to let it go, our refusal to drop it and leave makes us vulnerable to the enemy. And he comes over and bashes up one side of the head and up the other all day long. And we can't get away because we refuse to let go. But you know what they did, you know what they said, you know what happened to me. And we hold on to that and hold on to it and and we feel justified and we feel like we're right and someone else is wrong or this church is wrong or this whatever organization is wrong and we are right and we hold on to it and bam, 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 we're just getting messed up all day long and the only way to get free is to let it go. Let's not fall into this trap. I tell you, it is one of his primary strategies, devices. It's called unforgiveness. It'll keep people bound up for their entire life. And I tell you, that's a heart condition that when things happen around, people say, well, I'm, I'm departing from that person or that group. I'm leaving this. But I tell you, they are, in reality, departing from the Lord. And we know this. You you guys, if you've been around here for you know this, because I've taught this a, a number of times. But the Lord takes personally our actions toward each other. He takes it personally in the positive and in the negative. Someone comes against you, they just came against Jesus. Right? Someone blesses you, they just bless the Lord Jesus. And so we are mindful of this. Go, go with me to Matthew 15. Matthew chapter 15. It's been said that, that you don't see things as they are. You see things as you are. And let's remember that these deceptions, these things that come against uh, the body of Christ come as you, against you as a child of God are designed to keep you to get you out of your place and therefore out of your grace, and uh, and we recognize that and we change. Amen. Matthew 15. This is an outstanding story. This is actually about healing and deliverance, but it's interesting. That's, even though that's not our topic, it's interesting what happened here. In Matthew 15, verse 21. It reads, then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Caman came uh, from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on my son, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. I want you to consider who we're talking here. We're talking a woman in despair, a woman in distress, whose, whose daughter is severely messed up. And she comes to the Lord. She she she's not uh, uh, apparently making any kind of demands. She's not being rude. She's coming to the Lord. What is she doing? She's asking for help. And who she who did she come to? Jesus, Jesus, Lover of my soul, right? Jesus, the Lord Himself. And what does the Lord Jesus do to her? Did you know? Did you notice that when it says? He said not a word. Didn't not not a word. Uh, That means he ignored her. Okay. Have you ever been ignored? How'd that make you feel? (laughs) This is the Lord Jesus, and what did He do? He ignored her. Now, how many are out of there already? You don't have to raise your hand. I see you're not volunteering. But how many are out of that situation already? I got a problem, and I come all this way. My daughter is sick. My daughter is demon-possessed, and, and you have the answer. And I come to you, and I ask you for help, and you just ignore me? See, our culture, this story is over already. You, you ignore me. You didn't even return my call. You didn't even respond to me. Forget you. Okay, leave with your demon-possessed daughter then. So the Lord ignored her and his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries out after us. Okay. now now picture Jesus is viewed as we know he's the Messiah. We know he's God in the flesh. We know all this this stuff. But he's just a traveling preacher in their eyes. Prophet to some of them. Uh, You know, he's a preacher and he's got miracles and stuff and and great things happening in his ministry. And he's got his, his ministry team, his staff. And what do they do to the woman? They say, "Would you get rid of her? She's annoying us. Get, get, get her out of here." Okay, do you think she has an opportunity yet to be offended? But yes, the answer would be yes. Slow to respond here. Yes, and with a daughter who's full of the devil, you can be offended. And you can keep your problem. You can you can uh, stand up for yourself and say, ah, "How dare they treat me this way? How dare you just ignore me? How dare you try to get?" Okay, good. You t- stood your ground. You got what you wanted. You had your say, and your daughter's still full of the devil. But let's go on. And uh, verse 24, but he answered and said, I was not sent to the, except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What's Jesus saying? He's still giving reasons why he's not helping this lady right now. He said, you're not even my goal here. You're not, you know, I wasn't sent to you. (laughs) Anybody offended yet? You're not, you're not on my, you're not on my radar. You're from the wrong country. Then she came. Notice what's happening here. She's not upset. She's not fighting back. She's not standing her ground. She's not having her say. She's not coming again. She came and worshipped him. How many have that kind of response? She worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. So she's humbling herself. She's being pushed back. She's being ignored. And she humbles herself and said, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. (laughs) So even after that, humbled herself, worshipped the Lord. And he said, nah, this is not for you. (laughs) And call her a dog. Which if you study their culture and the the way they live, they were. I mean, there's a reason her daughter was demon possessed. But that's that's another deal. But he's still not helping her. He's still pushing her aside. And she said, yes, Lord, yet yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which which fall from their master's table. So she's still not taking offense at this. She's still not not standing up in pride saying, how dare you talk to me like that? How dare you speak? I I can't believe anyone would do that. What kind of preacher are you anyway? I'm going to find another preacher. And she humbled herself again and said, I just need a crumb. Yeah, I'm a dog. Dogs can get the crumbs, can't they? Then Jesus answered and said to her, "O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Here, here, here's the point. This woman had multiple opportunities to be out of there. And have a justification in her mind as to why she was right and why the preacher, Jesus, was wrong and and how they treated her wrong. But it doesn't matter. Whatever along this path she would have done, which many have done, by the way, they left and they kept their problem. They left and the enemy still had his way in their life. They left justified in their own mind. I was right. They were wrong. This person did me wrong. And... They are the ones who are without. This is what I'm trying to get at. Oftentimes we have justifications, reasons. We've got this thing all figured out. But the end of the day, we do without. The end of the day, if we let ourselves attach our offense, our anger towards other people, we end up doing without the power of God. And sometimes when we are upset at an individual and we think it's just them, the reality is... They might be representing God. If this woman would have resisted and said, ah, stomped out of there. You know who she just stomped out on? The one who does everything his father says. The one who is in complete submission to the will of the father. She walked out on God if she would have. You know, when Jesus uh, went to his, his hometown to minister in Nazareth. You can read in Mark 6 and Matthew 13 about that experience. How, how in that place there was no mighty work that was accomplished. Jesus tried to have meetings like everywhere. Dead raised, blind eyes see. But he was only able to do very small little minor ailments were healed in, the, in that situation. And you know what the, the key was there? The Bible says they were offended at him. They were. They were offended at him and what did it do? It stopped the power of God from working in their lives. The sick stayed sick. The hurting stayed hurting when the healer himself was in town. What happens when people take offense is they cut off the power of God from saving, delivering, setting them free in various areas of their life say, so, well, they were just offended at Jesus, though, not God. That's probably what they thought, huh? Well, we're still walking with the God of Abraham, Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're still faithful. Yeah, that, no, no, that would be his son right there. Uh, that would be Jesus you're offended at. And you just took offense at God the Father. Amen. Jesus said in, in Luke 7, 23... And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Proverbs 18, 19 reads, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. Let me encourage you, uh, keep God right in your life. When you don't understand, you don't know why things are happening the way they are. Always keep the Lord right in your mind. Say, I may not see it. I may not understand this or have this all figured out right now. But Lord, you are good to me. Because often the things we experience and that are negative, they're not. God didn't have anything to do with them anyway. But we should, among all people of the planet, stay on God's side. Keep him right in our minds. Lord, you are right. You are good. You are faithful. I don't get this right now, but I'm, I'm standing on your word. I'm staying on the team. I'm staying with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to glorify you. I, I'm, I'm staying with you, Lord, because I, I can come to a place of understanding even though I'm not right now. Many times people, they live their lives saturated by the question of why. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Sometimes if in the midst of not knowing why, move forward. Don't be stuck in the why zone for, you know, year after year after year. Why did this happen? There are answers. But just because you don't know them doesn't mean we should blame God. Or depart from Him in any way or let there be a question, that seed of, "Ah, I'm a little bit ticked off at the Lord. Now, He had nothing to do with your demise, your problem. He's trying to lead you out and bring you through. He really is. He's always on your side. You belong to Him. Jesus shed His blood for you. He paid the very highest price that could possibly be paid so you could have life and have relationship and fellowship with Him forever. He's for you, not against you. And if there's a lack of understanding, fine, I, there's things I don't always understand. But listen, God is right. I'm going to keep him right in my life. Why? So that thing will never cause me to depart, even if it's justified in my mind. Yeah, but, but this happened, but this happened. No, you're right. Teach me, Lord, help me to understand, but I'm staying with you in the meantime. He's proved himself. Come on, over and over to us. He's shown himself strong. Hallelujah. So again, when, when when things are not going or someone or something happens that you don't like or is not the way you would have done it or didn't think it ought to have been done, I mean, welcome to planet Earth, the human race. How, how can we say this? What's, what's one of the primary characteristics of a believer? We forgive We forget on purpose. We choose to. And we move on. Uproot this seed before it grows and drives you out of God's place for your life. Many are scattered today. Many have been scattered. Many, many have gotten out of their place. They've gone the wrong way. They're not in a situation now where, it, where the fullness of God's blessing and protection and provision is on their life. Because they've gotten off the path. They've gotten out of the way. They've gone the wrong way. But let it not be so with you. Let it not be so with us. No matter what has happened, no matter what will happen, we are determined and committed to stay in the place where God has us. This is, and I'm speaking to you by the Spirit of the Lord when I say this. You, some of you, recognize that. That's the Spirit of God. There are people that are out there; they're hurting. God wants them back, but they've let, they've allowed circumstances and situations and things. Some of it might be justified, but it doesn't matter. They've allowed things to get them out, to get them off the path. Are there are there offensive people? Yeah. I don't think we should be them. <laughs> you know, we ought to be the most loving, kind, kind people. But, but here, here's the thing. If you study the life of Jesus, there were times when he would say things like we were talking about taxes and he would basically question the validity of them and what they were doing. And, and then he would make statements, say, you know, but lest we offend them, go ahead and go fishing, get some money, go pay the taxes so there were times when Jesus didn't want to offend for these silly reasons that really didn't matter in eternity. But I tell you what, there's the other side of this and that Jesus is a rock of offense. There are some things we are going to say, we are going to declare, and they will offend. They simply will. And we're not going to back down on those statements as a result of it. Because backing down saves no one, helps no one, but declaring the truth uh, gives an individual an opportunity to uh, to respond and be changed. We need to guard our hearts against this demonic trap. Why will people in the last days, going back to our scripture in Matthew 24, why will they become offended and betray and hate others? It really boils down to this root of selfishness. People live for themselves. They live for their own. Uh, their own well-being and they love themselves more than others. But how many know as believers we're instructed to do and live just the opposite of that. We are not to put ourselves first. We are not to seek our own well-being above the, uh, above the good of others. And that attitude, that heart of love all by itself will save us. It really will. It'll cause us to react completely different from those who are filled with Their own selves. Hallelujah. You know one of the characteristics. Remember in Revelation. About. uh, What does it say? About the accuser of the brethren. The devil. Accused them before God day and night. But they overcame by the blood of the lamb. By the word of their testimony. And watch the next verse. They loved not their lives. Even unto death. One of the characteristics of the overcoming church is we don't care about ourselves. We're not focused on me, 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 me. me but I don't like. But what about? The, this is my preference. You know, we we lay we lay that aside. This is the last day church. We lay that aside. We lay that aside. Everybody, listen to me. We lay that aside for something greater. All of us know at this church. I mean, this is kind of kind of one of the things we say a lot. It's not all about me. And we live that's one of our one of our model. We come to church and it's not all about us. Why? Because there's someone else who's lost. There's someone else who doesn't know the Savior yet. Hasn't received the forgiveness of sins. And I'm not going to let my little insecurities and my little, you know, you know, likes and dislikes and preferences interrupt something that may have an eternal impact on someone else's life. This is a this is a position of maturity that we have grown up into. And we're not going to go back. We're not going to let this go. We are going to stay strong and love with the love of the Lord. Come on now. Amen. Life and people and church don't have to be perfect for me to be happy. Hmm. Everything around you doesn't have to be perfect. You can be happy in the middle of it. People can treat you wrong at times. We don't, do we like it? Of course not. But it doesn't have to steal our joy. Or it doesn't have to change the way that we treat them. We can still continue in love and forgiveness. Amen. And stay safe. Keep our heart protected. I said to you two weeks ago, some people are going to fall away because they love this present world. I said last week, some people are going to fall away because they have not received the love of the truth. And today, I'm telling you, some people fall away simply because they become offended. And that's the enemy's trap. But not us, huh? Amen. Come on now. I encourage you. Agree with that. Not, not to make me feel good and make me feel like, oh, yeah, I like your sermon. No, it's not about that at all. Agree with it in your own heart. Say, yes, that's the way I'm going to be. That's, that's going to be the, one of the protections that guards my heart from deception. That guards my heart from going astray in these last days. Father, I pray for these today. Thank you for working in our hearts, our lives. Thank you for the abundance of your grace that establishes us in this place of your will, of your plan, of your purpose. We choose to not be led astray, we won't give in to the temptation to take and hold offense toward others. Father, I thank You for Your Spirit working in hearts even now for individuals to give up some things that have hold them down and have held them down. Lord, You reveal it to them to get it out, to clear it up. The Lord's not revealing anything until you bring bringing it to your mind to make you feel bad or condemn you in any way. The Lord brings it to your mind so you can purposely make a concrete decision to turn it over to him to release it release the hurt, release the pain release the unforgiveness release the person, release whatever it is Father I thank you for your grace now that helps that helps in time of need and by your spirit Lord we we choose to live this way and succeed we will not be held back or held down will not be swept away by any of the enemy's strategies that come against us today but lord we're caught up we're caught up in the glory and presence of love lord we're motivated we're motivated by this in all we do. Thank you, Lord, for helping every person now, helping us, helping us, Lord, to be safe, protected so that we might be used in these last days. Thank you for your working in our in our hearts today. In Jesus' name. We give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. God is so good. Amen.